Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, special edition again of the Gospel for Life today. We are talking about our... I'm just uh, going to jump in and say I take issue with that. I think every show is a special edition. Every show is a special edition. But this is a special edition because it only will last for the the next five or six weeks, and then it's irrelevant, which is why we're coming to you today. Please come to our conference. You will not regret it. It is November 9th and 10th. This is our annual Reformation Boise Conference. The theme this year is living in between the Christian life in the here and now. We have two guest speakers coming in, Dr. David Murray. He's a Scotsman, so, man, the accent alone would be worth coming. And then uh, Reverend Anthony Savaggio, from, he's a pastor in New York. Now, both of these guys have uh, written several books. Uh, they've taught for years and years. They have a wealth of wisdom on practical theology. How to Live Everyday Life. And and the theme from um, this year's conference was found in Calvin's little book on the Christian life. And today we are talking about how to use the things in this life while we're waiting for Jesus' second coming. And that's the last chapter, isn't it, in his book? Yeah, this is coming out of book three of, of his large book of the Institutes, and they've just taken a, a couple of those sections and put it into a, a little small practical book. Um and I'm not going to quote Calvin to start this program. I'm just going to paint in some broad strokes and just say that Calvin really is, is saying, okay, how do, we, how do we live in a world where God has given all of these gifts, all of these um, material things? Do we live like the monks and we just look at them all as bad and avoid them and don't use them? Or... Do we go to the other extreme and say, well, if God gave them, then they have to be good and I can use them however I want and in whatever manner I want to and, and just live it up in the, in the here and now? Um, what is the answer? What's Calvin's answer? What, what do you guys say is how do we live with the, the stuff of, of earth that God has given? Well, I think the, I'll just speak to the monkish thing for a second. It dislocates sin, doesn't it? Because it moves sin into fleshly, you know, material type things. And that's what the Gnostics did. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting how the Gnostics went in their reaction against material things to where they, they said, well, we can just do whatever we want to. It doesn't matter what we do with our bodies because the real of life is in, is in the spirit world. And so the first problem with the, the kind of monkish way of dealing with the world is it dislocates sin. It moves it away from our heart and it puts it in physical stuff. Yeah, and, and the, the monastic ideal... And, and by the way, I want to be—I want to be fair to the to the monastic ideal. And um, there, there in 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 a in the right sense, there there is something to be said for a life devoted to prayer. And uh, I've known I've known those that have that have chosen a monastic way of life to to, 
to seek that that way of life devoted to prayer. And I don't want to gainsay that, but I also want to say that the the monastic ideal, particularly in the Middle Ages, was built on the idea that we can separate ourselves from sin, that we can go into this cloistered environment and somehow be insulated from a sinful world. Uh, But you know what? Uh, As the old saying goes, no matter where you go, there you are. (laughs) and you take your you take your sinful self right into that monastery along with you and there's just as much sin per square inch there as there is any place else and i think calvin recognized that um and a big piece of the reformation was in bringing holiness and the christian life out of that monastic ideal and into the everyday life of the lived Christian experience of the average believer mm-hmm. uh, and getting us away from this idea that there's this two-tiered righteousness, that there's the ordinary believers, and then then there's these super holy people who are the cloistered nuns and, and, the, and the monastic uh, nuns or the monastic or the, the monks. Um, <clears throat> that, no, the, the Calvin wants the Christian life to be lived in, in the ordinary daily life of the average person. So why what is the purpose of God's gifts to us? Solomon was dealing with this in the book of Ecclesiastes. There was a he he talked about uh the um brevity, the vanity, the fleetingness of this life and some of its pleasures, but at the same time he says in Ecclesiastes 5 18 and following, behold, what I've seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun for the few days of his life that God has given him, for this is his lot. Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil. This is the gift of God, for he will not much remember the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with the joy of his heart. The joy of his heart being these things that go beyond that, but he, but by taking joy on the things that go beyond, you are also able to take joy in the things that you have at, in the present. And Paul kind of touched on those things too in Philippians chapter 4, verse 12. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's that anticipation and also the provision that God has given to us. We enjoy what he's given. And, you know, material things, we are not ascetics, neither are we aesthetic. You know, we, the pursuit of every good, uh, every, um, perceived good, we take joy in what God has brought into our life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, There are are some things that when used to excess become a detriment. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, all of us are are parents and we have kids that if we allowed them to follow their own um, desires, they would eat candy all day long. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not good. That's an... Candy can be a good gift, but it's not a way of life. Mm-hmm. And the things of earth can be in that same way. They can become this obstacle that these good gifts that come from God to, to show us something of who God is and, and to reveal something of him as the author of those good gifts, 
then we can turn on their head and use them in a way that actually they become detrimental to us and our souls. Right, Mm -hmm. right. It's changing the good gifts that God gives us from means to an end in themselves. Right, right. So like like food, you know, one of the things that when we sit down to eat at our dinner table, I, I pray often is that, Lord, please help us to see this food as a window into your goodness, that you sustain us through the sacrifice of Christ, that that it says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so I, I pray that our food would be a window as opposed to a, a, an end in itself. Someone wisely said, you know, um, false gods always make horrible masters. Mm-hmm. Whatever we turn into idols down here, they they – they become the things that actually enslave us. I, I think one of the things that, and I think, I think uh, the Heidelberg Catechism really took its influence from Calvin on this issue. You know, the very first question: What is your only comfort in life and death? That I, with body and soul, both in life and death, am not my own, but belong to my faithful Savior Jesus Christ. And therefore, everything that we use down here is meant to serve Him, mm-hmm. and that's where true joy is. Yeah, and I really appreciate about Calvin's advice on this pastoral advice that. He recognizes the human temptation to excess, but also the human temptation to be to think that holiness is found in abstemiousness and and we're putting on the hair shirt mm-hmm. and adding rules where the where the word of God does not. He, mm-hmm. he recognizes that we can, you know, the discipleship. You know, it's a narrow path and it has a ditch on either side. Uh, and, and and the you know the. The, the kind of hair shirt, uh, self-punishing, self-depriving, de- think, thinking that holiness is found in deprivation mm-hmm. <laughs> is is no more helpful than, than thinking that life is about excess. Uh, Jonathan had, had quoted from Philippians 4.12 um, earlier on, which is just a great help um, when trying to avoid that our happiness is found in either extreme, in poverty or or in excess. And Calvin writes this, he says, The one who cannot bear poverty is most likely to exhibit the opposite vice in the midst of prosperity. For example, the one who blushes over his cheap clothes will take pride in his expensive ones. The one unsatisfied with his simple meal, fidgeting with desire for something more significant, will abuse better foods by his lack of self-restraint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's... That that is an accurate insight, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just shaking my head here, and the wisdom yeah. that comes from that, you know, um, pride and and arrogance can manifest itself in poverty and in riches, um, and man, that's just that's that's wisdom on on Calvin's part. Well, he also he also makes a comment uh, where he compares, and obviously this isn't original to him, and we throughout the Christian tradition that he compares the Christian life to a journey. And he says God's people should make use of its goods only insofar as they aid rather than hinder their journey. Mm. Uh, in other words, remember the destination. Remember where we're going. Right. And so pack what's necessary mm-hmm. and travel light. It's, it's this, these are not new things. In fact, in, uh, you know, when Israel was delivered from Egypt and um, – the Lord says in, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built 
built good houses and live in them. When your herds and flocks multiply, your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Mm -hmm. There's a, you know, actually he's telling them that they may have prosperity. Mm -hmm. You know, that's Mm -hmm. not, that's not forbidden to them. But the thing that they should remember to do is remember the, their creator in the days of their youth. Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to dream of all these big dreams, and, and I wanted to become some professional athlete, and then I would use that as a pl- platform to um, you know, share the gospel. Um, and in my mind, I was thinking that that was somehow better than just a quote-unquote ordinary life like I saw my dad living being a high school teacher. And Calvin writes this quote that I think is so helpful. It says, For every work performed in obedience to one's calling, no matter how ordinary and common, is radiant, hmm. most valuable in the eyes of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it goes along with this idea of the Philippians um, 4. Sometimes we, we, we despise both poverty and riches, and, and God's saying, no, you just do what I've, I've called. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We are talking about our upcoming Reformation Boise Conference. It's going to be held November 9th and 10th. The theme this year is Living in Between, the Christian life in the here and now. And this basically deals with how do we live uh, between the new birth and Christ's coming again? What does this Christian life look like for us? How can we obey God? How can we please God? We have two speakers coming in, Dr. David Murray and Reverend Anthony Savaggio. It's going to be, these guys are great. They're prolific authors. Uh, the conference is going to be for free, but we are going to be giving away a, a ton of books. Um, there's going to be four sessions spread over Friday night and Saturday night. And, uh, there'll be a food trucks there on Saturday so that you can stay right on campus, eat and fellowship from, with other brothers and sisters from other churches. It's going to be a wonderful time. Please register. Go to ReformationBoise.com. Don't miss out. Last year we had 675 people registered and, and over 550 people show up that, that Friday night. And it was a wonderful time of worship and fellowship together. Once again, go to ReformationBoise.com and we'll see you next time. 